When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We would be honored if you would join us. Count Dooku was one of the most underutilized and underrated Jedi and Sith that I think a lot of people know about, or maybe I should choose my words more carefully, don't know about. I feel like Tales of the Jedi really gave everyone, especially mainstream fans, a bit of an understanding of who Count Dooku was. Now, if you've been a prequel fan for a long time, you know when episode two came out in 2002, Count Dooku was the new big bat. He was the new dude that came to take Darth Maul's place, and he was extremely interesting. Here was a guy that kind of dressed like Count Dracula and had this curved lightsaber hilt. He was extremely well-spoken, he was very tall, and had a very strong presence about him. Who was he? Where did he come from? What were his powers? He could shoot Force Lightning. We haven't seen anyone do that since Return of the Jedi with Palpatine. Not to mention he went toe-to-toe with Yoda, and when that happened in the theaters, people were just losing their minds. I remember being 12 years old and seeing that. It was really an incredible experience to see that for the first time in THX on the big screen. And from that moment, the Dooku back lore started to be created. There were books, there were comics, and then once Disney bought Lucasfilm, there were even more pieces of lore and content to fill his story. And believe me, he has a very extensive backstory. Not to go into detail, but he was the one who trained Grievous as we know, but also he was the one who put Grievous in that demise where he turned from a organic sentient being into a cyborg. He orchestrated the crashing of Grievous's ship, causing him to have to be put back together with cybernetic parts and to become a cyborg. Now, in the Disney canon, in the new canon, Dooku Jedi Lost is a novel that outlines Dooku's life from his time as a boy in the Jedi Temple to later on in his life. And while we learn a lot from him in that book, I want to take you guys all the way back to when George owned Star Wars. There was actually a deleted line, a deleted moment deleted scene from Attack of the Clones, which I feel like would have given a lot of people back then, especially my 12-year-old self and everyone else who was watching episode 2 in the theaters, a little more understanding of Dooku, because at the time there was literally nothing. It The movie had just come out, and this was like a new character that no one knew anything about, just like Darth Maul. So, do you guys remember in episode 2 when Jocasta knew told Obi-Wan Kenobi that Kamino doesn't exist, and if there's a planet that doesn't exist in their archives, then it simply doesn't exist anywhere. Now, do you also remember in that scene, there were the Lost 20. These were the statues of 20 marble heads, or you know, space marble heads, of Jedi that were basically in the Hall of Fame, but you know, either died or you know, turned to the dark side. And amongst these heads, one of them was Count Dooku. And the reason for this was because he was one of the most influential and well-respected Jedi of the temple. 
I mean, he was Yoda's number one student, so that says a lot right there. Imagine having that kind of street cred whenever you go out on missions as a Jedi. Now, while we got to see a bit of him in Tales of the Jedi, which I really appreciated, and I'm really happy that we did get to see that, there was a scene in Episode 2 Attack of the Clones that was actually taken out. And it's right here from Paul Duncan's Star Wars Archives, Episodes 1 to 3. Obi-Wan consults with Jedi archivist Madame Jocasta New, played by Alethea McGrath, and the conversation turns to the bust of Count Dooku, the most recent of the Lost 20. Now, I have a video on the Lost 20. I implore you guys to go check it out. You can just do a quick YouTube search, The Lost 20, Star Wars Theory, and it explains The Lost 20 in great detail. Who they were, what happened to them, and, you know, as much as we know. Anyways, the most recent of The Lost 20, Jedi Who Left the Order. Originally, New gave more information about Dooku's background, but the dialogue was not used in the final cut. Now, as you can see here, even with the green screen and everything, we have Obi-Wan and Jocasta New admiring the massive head, the bronze head, I guess not marble, the bronze head of Dooku. And one of the lines here that was supposed to be in the film, and I guess filmed but not put in, was where she says, In the end, I think Count Dooku left because he lost faith in the Republic. He believed that politics were corrupt, and he felt the Jedi betrayed themselves by serving the politicians. And this, to me, is a massive win for Count Dooku. I am all for him thinking for himself and not being so wrapped up in politics when the Jedi really have nothing to do with politics. They are keepers of the peace. They're not politicians. They're not soldiers. Now, George Lucas did say in the end, there is a reason why they started to get into the war and to fight. And I made a video about this just a few days ago, so you can go check it out if you so wish. I'm going to pop it up here on the screen for you. And for those of you on Star Wars 3 Podcast on Spotify or Apple iTunes, you can just search for the video. It's called George Lucas Gets Asked, What is the Purpose of the Jedi? Are they a police force? And it goes into great detail as to how they got into the war, why they're in the Clone Wars, and how they started fighting. Essentially, he says, as the situation develops in the Clone Wars, they are recruited into the army and they become generals. They're not generals. They don't kill people. They don't fight. They're supposed to be ambassadors. There are a lot of Jedi that think that the Jedi sold out that they should never have been in the army. And this, of course, is referring to one of them being Count Dooku. So the Jedi say, and George Lucas says this, are they going to stick by their moral rules and all be killed, which makes it irrelevant, or do they help save the Republic? They have good intentions, but they have been manipulated, which was their downfall. Now, their manipulation came with, you know, the fall of the Republic, but namely the Shroud of the Dark Side, which clouded their judgment. And this was something that Dooku always saw for himself. He thought, you know, well, this is just really not what I signed up for. I devoted my life to being a Jedi. And this now, as things have changed and become so political, is not the place for me. So what happened in canon is that he went back to Sereno, to his planet. He took back his family name and his title, basically his heir, and he became Count Dooku and basically acquired all of his wealth once again. And his family was super rich. His dad was a king. Now, Dooku was hated by his father simply because he was force sensitive because he had powers. And it's much like the X-Men where they just think their kids are freaks, some of them, and kind of just outcast them. And this is what happened with Dooku. And of course, it created a ton of resentment towards his father. However, the book gives you a bit of an understanding of why Dooku thinks the way he does and how he's become so pragmatic about things and just kind of realizes that, hey, this is the way life is. This is the situation. How are we going to deal with things going forwards? And so he realized that the Jedi were just so disillusioned and became so enthralled and entrusted with politics that he's like, I'm not down for this anymore. This is not my thing. And I believe he taught a bit of that to Qui-Gon Jinn, his student, who's my favorite Jedi. 
And Qui-Gon, while he was a Jedi Master, was not on the Jedi Council simply because he did not abide by all of the rules that the Council laid before him. He thought they were a little bit too strict and a little bit too confined, a little too dogmatic, really, like Palpatine said to Anakin. And this is one reason why I feel like Qui-Gon was really the perfect father figure for Anakin and the one he needed so that he would stray away from the dark side instead of towards it, which is where Palpatine wanted him to go. Now, in a sit-down with Dave Filoni, he even said in this writer's room that Qui-Gon was the best father figure for Anakin and he needed to train Anakin because I believe Anakin was really a very troubled youth and he had a lot of issues and those could have only been rectified through Qui-Gon's teachings and through Qui-Gon's flexibility as Obi-Wan was literally just a teacher's pet kind of thing for the Jedi Council. He did his best but he was just way too rigid and I think for someone like Anakin you need to have a little more flexibility. So it makes me really wonder what would Anakin have been like if Count Dooku had trained him. Seeing as Count Dooku trained Qui-Gon Jinn and they both had similar ideologies, I wonder if Anakin would have had a much better time with Count Dooku or Qui-Gon Jinn. Either way, I think he would have had a better time with either of them in comparison to Obi-Wan or really any other Jedi at the Jedi Temple. I really love Count Dooku's ability to see through the lies of the Jedi, see through their corruptness and their overall obsession with politics and frankly, power and control and thinking that they know best and the way they do things is really the only way to do things. And I think anyone who thinks that, whether you're fighting for good or evil, is just completely delusional and only seeing one side of things. Jeez, I'm starting to sound like Palpatine. You gotta see a larger aspect of the Force. Anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed this video and the news in it. You can find this clip on YouTube of the deleted scene. However, it's kind of unfinished. So, hope you enjoyed my thoughts on this. Thanks for chiming in and joining in today and giving me your time. I'll see you all in the next episode here on Star Wars Theory and, of course, on Star Wars Theory Podcast. Until the next one, remember, the Force will be with you always. A couple questions. So, you remember the fight... Uh, in Genosis, on Genosis with Dooku, Anakin, when Hayden was much younger, and um, Obi-Wan. There was a promo picture of Dooku with two lightsabers like this. It was his lightsaber and a blue one. I guess one of the ones the Jedi threw them. What's the deal with that? It started, it's funny you should say it, because I was thinking about it after I spoke to you. That would have been, is that two, isn't it? Episode two. Yeah. Yeah. That fight started, as I said, Yoda wasn't in it. It right. was, uh, it may originally have been just Hayden. I don't know. But anyway, there was a section where they both had two lightsabers. Okay. And we did a very complicated fight in Kendo, actually. Okay. With um, where they both had two lightsabers, that didn't last long. It must have changed quite quickly. I can remember spending a week doing it with Kyle. Me and Kyle did it, and then me and Hayden did it. Um, it must have gone away. Yeah, right. Because that thing changed twice. It, it 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 was that. He was on his own against Duca, so it might be after Obi gets binged. I don't know. I don't know where they get the other lightsaber from, but they both had two for sure. Well, because it was Duca might have pulled out. I don't know. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, Anakin was fighting him, and he says, "I am a slow learner." And then Obi Wan says, "Anakin throws him his lightsaber," and so Anakin's got two. 
and Dooku's got the one, and then of course Dooku takes out one of them, and it's just yeah. He, they, both had, they both had two. Uh, they both had two because I can remember where we rehearsed it. There wasn't enough room. That's what oh, I remember. Cool. But anyway, yeah. So that was that was a thing that went away early. Yeah. Um, which was a bit annoying because it was lovely with two. Yeah. You know, because you're you know you're bang bang bang. It's almost like boxing. Right. Um, yeah. That that vanished. I don't have any footage of it either. The only time I think we saw two is when. In episode one, when Obi Wan cut Mauls in half, no, oh no, I, I guess he destroyed one of them. Oh, that would have been cool to see too. Well, when he cut Mauls in half through the handle, yeah, um, yeah we sparked that thing because there was a big conversation with George. Of uh, I always thought the lightsabers lit up through you, you yeah. know, through your power. Right. But apparently, they don't. You just turn them on. Yeah. And so once George said that, I said, well, let's get rid of that great big long lightsaber and get, get, get it in two halves.